0: This is Iron Mike Stedman, and as always, I want to thank you for tuning into my show, the legendary Dog Whistle Brandon. Today on DWB, my boy Drew O'Brien from the design company We Make Cool Shit, along with myself, chop it up with the legendary designer and studio owner, Dan Jansen, owner and creative director of Lincoln Design Co., a Portland-based branding and design studio that represents the gold standard for modern designers. Whose clients include the likes of Nike, Hot Wheels, and WWE, just to name a few. I came across Dan through his podcast, The Chop Up, where he and his designers walked through some of their recent client projects, sharing key insights and brand strategies along the way. I ended up attending their first conference, Into the Woods, back in early August 2023, which exposed me to the graphic design community and Lincoln's way of thinking firsthand. I wanted to get Dan on today's show to talk about Lincoln's unique approach to internal branding, the business of design, and where he sees the opportunity for small studios like We Make Cool Shit and Ironbound Media. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to my newsletter at the link in the show notes. I'd also greatly appreciate it if you checked out a copy of my first book, Black Better Entrepreneur. Validate your business model, build your brand, and step into greatness, available on Amazon at the link in the show notes as well. All right, all right, all right. I've been talking too long. Gunny, get them ready.
1: Yo, saddle up, lock and load.
0: You're listening to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and Mission Plus, where together we're building the next generation of confident, resilient, and badass entrepreneurs and brands to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the godfather of Dog Whistle Branding and founder of Ironbound Media. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a Dog Whistle Brand. Saddle up, lock and load. Dan and Drew, what's going on, y'all?
2: What's happening? How you doing?
0: So this podcast has been about nine months in the making because, you know, I made the pivot into um, brand strategy. So I started Ironbound Media, doing more podcast production. I said, man, I want to do more brand strategy, do some more high-level creative thinking. I come across this show on YouTube called uh, Chop It Up, and I was like, who are these guys, man? This is pretty cool. You're doing some brand briefs and everything. Followed him online. And then reached out to him to see if he wanted to come on my podcast, but Dan was head down working on this badass conference that we're going to talk about that was Into the Woods. And I I talked to Drew about this, me and him are kindred spirits of, I believe you got to support this ecosystem, you know, as an entrepreneur. So when entrepreneurs are doing things, if I got margin, you know, I want to support. So as soon as I saw you were like, hey, working on this conference, I was like, hey, this is a great opportunity to come out to the Pacific Northwest looks like an opportunity to connect with you guys and learn a little bit more about you know branding and design and stuff and I was like man let me sign up and uh, got to go out there hang out with him in person and then afterwards you know your boys were like yo, make sure you hit up Dan because he's going to come on your
2: podcast so
0: without further ado
2: man I'm honored to have you. Right on no I appreciate that yeah you you kind of reached out like you said like nine months ago it was a bad time as far as us at the studio who <laughs> like you said we were we we're legitimate head down, putting together a, you know, a design conference, our first, our first one. So we didn't know, you know how big of a lift it was going to be. So I was like, hey, let's, let's revisit this after the conference was over. I think you were, you were like one of the very first people to, to buy a ticket. And I'm like, oh, shit. Hell yeah. Thank you, you know, for supporting that. And I knew when you came out, we're at least going to be able to sit down, connect, and then hopefully make this happen. So yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to be on. Thank you for having me.
0: so my listeners may or may not be familiar with Lincoln Design Co., which are kind of a big deal, because I didn't realize it, right? I'm just a troll. I'm just going through YouTube. I hit up my man Drew, who's joining us today, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to this conference. He's like, Lincoln Design Co.? And I know some local designers here in Newark, and they follow you as well. So everyone was like, it was like a big deal. And for me, I'm not a designer, right? But I just love what you guys are doing. We're going to talk about branding. But uh, please introduce yourself to our listeners that uh, aren't familiar with uh, The work you do at Lincoln and your background as a
2: designer. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Dan Jansen. I'm the creative director and owner here at Lincoln Design. We are a 15-person studio here in the Pacific Northwest, right outside of Portland. I've owned a studio for the last, going on 19 years now. Started down in San Diego, California. Got my start in the skate industry. Did a lot of work for different skateboard companies, motocross companies. Moved the studio up north back in 2015, been up here ever since. So, we do a lot of stuff in a lot of work in branding, packaging, style guide work, brand books. We've dabbled and are getting much more into motion graphics, animation, and videography. So, kind of expanding our services, taking those brand books and things, making them move, you know, dealing with some of that stuff. So, yeah, it's fun. We have some great clients as far as like Hot Wheels, Liquid Death, Monster Energy, Tony Hawk, just a bunch of cool stuff that that kind of comes through the studio. Well,
0: there's a couple of topics I want to cover with you today, but I want to start with this first one, which is fucking making entrepreneurship fun again. You know, <laughs> like I've gone to conferences, I've gone to events, et cetera. And Drew and I talk about this all the time. It's like, I live in Northern New Jersey. I'm not really a blazer kind of wearing pocket square you know (laughs) it's not my style but i do have don't get me wrong i got there's some pictures out there people have seen but man when i went out to into the woods i felt like these were my people man everybody was bearded up (laughs) everyone was excited about the craft of like being a better designer building badass brands and you and i all three of us here are entrepreneurs and the entrepreneur ecosystem is just so weird these days man you know it's less about the craft and it's like you know on, on the small business influencer side, people were talking about, you know, make a million dollars in 30 days or how to make X number. And like all of us are like, man, it is not that easy at all. Then you got people that are out here trying to build fucking million dollar startups and they don't have no cool designs. It's just laptops, whatever. And then the freelancers, you know, the, the studio owners, we're, they're like, that's cute little lifestyle businesses or it's not really looked at as businesses. And then I get out there to your event and I think it's your boy, Dustin, is his name? Yeah. You know, when I did the internal brand design class and everybody kept asking him, like, how'd you guys get your first clients? How you do this? He just kept saying, man, just have fun.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, have fun,
0: do fun things. And I think that's just important where we're at now because I don't feel like agencies, like you guys exposed me to a community that I ain't really a part of, that I didn't know about really, you know? So I'm out there, you know, everybody's got freelance, or doing all these little things. But like 99% of the circles I move in now as an entrepreneur, it's the opposite of that. I feel like people are building venture scalable businesses, right? Or they're trying to build these massive, you know, small businesses and kick off this cash flow. And you guys are like, man, we want to get back to the craft of just making cool stuff. And I know it's not always like that. Obviously, you got to carry the stress of the overhead and the staff. But like, y'all keep it fun, man. Thank
2: you. Yeah, no, no, we tried to, you know, it's like, like you're mentioning, I think so much of it now there's so much exposure and just the information out there. And so much of the information around like being an entrepreneur is based on money, right? Like, you know, like you just said, like, like how do you start your million dollar business? You know, how do you get there in 30 days? And it's like having owned a studio for the last 19 years, like there is no quick way. Like, you got to put your head down. You got to put in the time. Like, this shit does not happen overnight, you know? So in some ways, I think, you know, social media has made it seem like it's very accessible to everybody. And to me, having done it for the last 19 years, in some ways, I feel like it is, but it's a, it's a huge commitment. And there is, you're not just going to get there in 30 days. So like, hell no, it's not going to happen, All right. So if it's going to take you years and you're going to put put the blood sweat and tears into it have fun doing it you know and do it and and i've always been like hey if you're going to start a company it should be something that like you either love or you enjoy doing and then you turn that into a company right you don't you don't just go i want to be an entrepreneur what can i do to start a company to make money because there is no passion behind it, right? I think all of us here have a passion for design or art, you know, or, or what we're doing. I mean, even you with this podcast, like if you didn't enjoy talking about this, you wouldn't be doing it. Um, so, yeah. So for me, I've always tried, tried to create an environment in a studio that we're having fun as well as doing the work, you know. So it all kind of in, a, in the conference that you attended, that all kind of spanned from us doing our company retreats. And with the same idea, hey, we're busting ass all year long, let's get out of the studio, let's go up in the hills, let's go to the beach, whatever it is, let's spend a week working together, hanging out, having fun, and talking creative, right? And then so we kept doing that, and then it was kind of like, hey, can we do this on a bigger scale? We actually had clients reaching out going, hey, that looks so fun, is there any way I could come out for a day and sit in with you guys? And it was like, well, shit, if we have clients reaching out, maybe we should try and do this thing on a larger scale. So that's kind of where into the woods came from. And we were going to creative conferences, you know, Crop and Creative Works and, and things like that. And and I loved them. Like the people I met there are still friends and and you know and family members of, of Lincoln and things to the to this day. So I always have had a huge respect for those conferences. And with doing our own, like I, I actually reached out to Matt at Crop and Josh at Creative Works, and we're, and we're like, hey, this is what we're doing. We're making it a point to do it like different and do it Lincoln's Lincoln's way. Like, I don't want this to be another crop. I don't want this to be another creative works. I want this to be something that is different, you know, different time of year out here, Pacific Northwest out in the woods. Everybody stays in the same area, same place. And it's more of like a retreat style get together conference than it is, you know, some of the other ones. So, so yeah, it's, it's fun. And I knew out there, coming out here would be fun, you know, so. Yeah.
0: One of the things for me was, like, I was texting Drew, right? Because I was, like, very self-conscious. I'm like, all these designers, I'm out of here. I can barely draw, like, stick figures and whatever. And But I'm one of those guys I got to marinate with stuff, right? So it was like a fire hose. But, dude, I'm so glad I got these little booklets and stuff. And I was sending Drew some icons I drew when I did the internal brand design class. And so now I'm just... Like, it's, like, been nine months, and now I'm actually starting to be able to kind of go through and have that stuff. Like, I'm the guy that buys a course but might not get to it until, like, a year later. But yeah. I'm so glad I got it there when I need it. And so, you know, I'm really trying to go all in on building what I call dog whistle brands. But for, for me, you know, when I think about, like, I'm curious to know from you, what does the space look like for small agencies? Like, on the outside, you know, looking in. You know, because I know you kind of got like a bigger team these days. But, you know, we've got ChatGPT now, right? People even value creative, you know. So what are you seeing out there for the agency owners like Drew and I that are, you know, we've been in a hustle a little bit. You know, I'm not going to say we're just new, you know,
2: but, you know, the small shops. Yep. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think there's plenty of room. I think over the last, I would say, 10, you know, 10, 15 years just and some of this is with social media and things is that just the value of design and how it's perceived by say the general public is just getting to be more and more, you know, you can say like back in the day that kind of Apple brought some of that to the forefront of like, keep it simple. Everything is based on design and how that aesthetic looks. Right. I think now everybody kind of sees that and has a respect for like, what does that product look like? You know, what is, what does that movie poster look like or whatever it is they're exposed to such great, advertising and things that every company needs it nowadays. I think you could have, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you could have probably started a company and not really cared too much about your branding. Like say a coffee shop, you popped one up 15 years ago, did it need an amazing logo, a full brand book and kit to go with it? Probably not. You know, does it now? Absolutely. You know, so I think as like there are more and more, say, agencies or or freelance designers, I feel like there's more and more companies that value and want our product that we're, we're producing, you know, as creative. So I think there's plenty of room in the space. As far as like chat, GBT and stuff like that goes, to me, it just speeds up the process. It helps us in a way, like cut out some of that concepting or make it quicker. We have, we have a project right now that we're working on for Nitro Circus, and they came to us with basically a layout of a poster that they, you know, did in AI. And it was rough and kind of busted in there and stuff, but the idea was kind of there. They came to us and we're like, hey, this is the, the rough idea. You know, let's, let's run with it from here. Now, now we're starting on sketches. We'll start from scratch. You know, we'll do rough Concept sketches, two different ones, send them over, get that approved and then actually make, you know, the final product. But it was good to work with them, with the AI to kind of flush out that, that first idea instead of them, like, instead of us sitting on a call for an hour with them and them explaining it, and then us going back and either making mood boards or us going and doing that first sketch and it comes back and they're like, no, but this is, this isn't exactly what we wanted. Like now we have a visual to start with, you know. So I I just think it's gonna speed some things up on our end. It's not gonna take away jobs.
0: That's good to hear. So
2: you're not intimidated by like AI
0: and all this other stuff.
2: Not not so much. You know, chat GBT and stuff like that. I don't know if I'd want to be a writer right now, you know, especially like writing copy, you know, for a for a blog or or a magazine or something like that. I mean, we've used, you know, chat GBT for for some copy and things and like that to me it's an easier thing to wrap your head around and to get it to like actually do the right thing. So, yeah, but no, no, I'm not. I just think it's going to be another tool, you know, that we have at our disposal. Sorry. I didn't mean to
1: cut off the mic, but I think there's two ways to look at it in the design space, right? It it can take some design jobs. Unfortunately, if they're not super talented, Lincoln design company and us here at make cool shit, I'm not worried about that because Talent will always rise, but you could either be petrified by it and have Dolly 3 and Midjourney scare you and, and kind of go that route. Or you could do exactly what Dan was saying and it could benefit your, your day. I just made a poster to Dan's point where it was a guy on a unicorn rolling through the streets of New York City. It's a project that might have taken us 50 hours to do and 100 meetings it cut the time, you know, in half, if not more. So you could either use it to benefit you or you could use it to absolutely, you know, shut down.
2: Totally agree. What bro. I was
0: going to ask, what have you learned about pricing creative work? I don't know if we did a, I think there might've been a talk on it. I'm not sure, but, you know, like that's one aspect of it too. So, you know, you've got a lot of agencies like on the high end, you've got the bullish, you've got, what's the other one, red antler that are like partner of venture cap. They're partnering with startups, right. And they'll take equity or something to do the creative versus, you know, the traditional kind of small business owners, you know, we're constantly having to, I don't know, like demonstrate value. What do you call it, Drew?
2: Like, how do we get paid what we're worth? Right. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, it's a tough one. It's, it's a I would love to do like a workshop on that. I don't think we haven't really done something like that, you know, and dig a little bit more into it and get perspectives from different, you know, creative agencies of all different sizes. You know, because I, you know, I obviously know how we price things here and and it's honestly like it so much depends on, you know, the client, the usage, like where is that, you know, final product gonna be used and seen like that it's so hard to put like a pricing structure on on everything and agency work in a way, you know? Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, it's something I still battle with today. You know, if we, if we get a new client or something kind of pops through the door, you know, looking at, I think everybody needs to look at like, who who is this company? You know, if it's a startup, that's a totally, it kind of, and it's a weird industry where a lot of it, depends on like i said the usage of it like where is that going to go who is the company and the client coming to you for this product right if that product is just say a brand mark if it's a if it's a brand book if it's a full style guide which we do a lot of those and so that has a totally different price because somebody's getting that say like an epic games for Fortnite. they're getting that style guide A style guide is going up and all of their licensees have access to that art, right. To then take that art and make whatever they want out of that. So that art could be, could potentially be on thousands of different products. Um, That's a different price. You know what I mean? So I think, I think it depends so much on, on who that client is, who that company is, you know, and and what you're doing for them. That it's hard to price. It's hard to, (laughs) this this is the structure, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
1: The best thing I always get is, oh, do you guys have a pricing sheet?
2: Yes, no. absolutely. Because,
1: yeah. because, because there's 7,000 possible things that you could do, right? You hit on every note. I do think, though, when it comes to pricing, right, you know, my agency, we've been around for seven years, but I'm finally getting to a point where I genuinely believe that I, you know, that we're getting what we we are worth. But it goes, I also believe it goes back to the internal brand of the company right? Our name is make cool shit. If you don't like it, then don't ever work with us. Lincoln, you guys have a vibe. You guys have your own aesthetic. Even if you're working for a different client, you have a look. I believe we have a similar look. Mike has his own strategy and his own vibe about who he is as well. So it depends on the client, right? If the client's coming to you in there and you think that they have $10,000 for a project, but they're asking you for something that costs 2 million, you know, it's not going to work out. If someone like you mentioned earlier, someone like a Nitro Circus or a Hot Wheels, you know, as a business, they have a little bit more of a budget. That doesn't mean you take advantage of it, but that means, you know, that you could price certain things accordingly. Right. It, It, to me, it, it only depends on the client because that's who's paying you. Right. And then you could be able to set your price and hopefully we all get to a point, you know, Dan, you're maybe a little bit ahead of us in this space, but You also need to know when to say no, right? It took me years, took me years to say no, right? I probably started saying no maybe two years ago, but that's the one of the biggest things too. And then on the flip side, sometimes that comes back and hits you with that, you know, sexy indifference. You say no, and maybe sometimes they reach back out to you, you know, and then they'll end up hitting you up. But that's a question as business owners, as service-based business owners, is probably something that is not talked about enough and is the hardest thing to crack
2: yeah i would you know we get hit up a lot for from people where it's hard you know it's hard to tell there's like you said drew hey can i get a price sheet you know well, what what is the logo cost you know and we have a set price of like we can't start a project for less than this you know so At times I can throw out a number, you know, projects start at this amount, like, is this even close to your budget? You know, and a lot of times it's not, you know, and they're like, no, sorry, you know, I'm just getting started. We don't have much for funds. And, and some of those things, like maybe you, you get to know the person you hear a little bit more and you do the, you do the project for, for a lot less because you want to support that company or that. You know initiative or whatever it is even with like the veterans thing you know stuff like that like hey i just want to get behind this you know and i believe in it so yes we will but you know for the most part when it's just kind of those random like how much for this and how much for that hey project start at this you know is that anywhere close and we get a lot of times where it's like yeah no for sure like we have that and, you know and we need a lot more than that so yeah i would throw out a number and, and make it high you know make make it something that that when they come back, you're like, okay, cool. This is definitely worth me taking the time to jump on a call now with them. Definitely, like, especially nowadays, like I've I've said this the last couple of years, like everybody wants a Zoom call. Everybody, Everybody feels like they need to start off with a Zoom call, you know, as opposed to like a couple emails back and forth to figure out it's even worth doing business. Don't even take that Zoom call. You know, throw some numbers around back and forth first to make sure they really do have that budget or it's going to be worth working into your schedule and stopping everything that you're doing, you know, for that Zoom call. So, yeah. Hearing
0: you two talk, I think there's a great opportunity to do like a pricing workshop, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think we got to train people. Wait, we got to train business owners because basically people just don't want to get robbed. Right. Right. So A lot of times they're like, is this right? They talk to their buddy. Wait, these guys over here charging me like X number of dollars for, you know, this logo, you know, but people don't know, they don't know how to price it. And then yep. those of us that are creating don't really know how to price it. I mean, I, I, I'm i like the bronze, silver, platinum guy. You know what I mean, <laughs> I test three different packages. I'm like, oh, snap, they got the platinum. I guess I better increase my fee. And I just keep practicing. So it's like that art and craft of like being an entrepreneur. But like I'm a fan of brands that kind of teach us how to work with them. You know, like whether it's a newsletter provider. It's like I go to a free class or something and it teaches me how to do a newsletter. Then guess what platform I'm using? that platform that taught that class. So I think there is opportunity to kind of t- train our potential clients, the ones that we dream of working with of like how to work with us.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's something I haven't seen either. I don't okay. see anyone talking about pricing openly other than the bullshit you see on social media, where it's like you mentioned earlier, get a million dollars in 30 days. Yeah. Okay. Okay maybe that's 0.1% of the history of business owners that have done that. Right. People do hit the lottery in that, but there's a stigma, I believe specifically in the brand and service industry of pricing, because everyone's trying to gatekeep. Right. Dan Dan made a good point. Right. If someone reaches out to me and I'm like, listen, I don't, we don't take anything on the agency side of our business for anything less than $10,000. Some people that's absurdly cheap. Some people, they think that's the most expensive price in the world. It just comes down to who that potential client's going to be.
2: Yeah.
0: You guys are big on internal brand design, right? And, you know, I guess what's the saying is eat your own dog food, right? And I've <laughs> listened to you on a couple different podcasts about when you started and you relocated. Like, you said, hey, let's just start making some of our own designs, posting them on social media. That's where you start to build your audience, and people start to reach out to you and say, like, hey, I like this. You know, can we work together? And they'll look at your kind of own internal sheet and say, can you give us something like this? And I can't speak for everyone. The reason Drew and I click, and I click with a lot of designers, is because when I go to a designer, I don't want you to do it like I would do it. I want you to do it like you would do it. So I'm the kind of guy that when I reach out to you via email, I'm just going to be like, yo, take it and run with it. This is what I have in my mind, and I want you to make magic happen. But a lot of people don't do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that was, that was, you know, definitely something that, I mean, the studio I had down in San Diego, we did a lot of a similar thing where we did have books, we did have our own internal brand. We sent things out to clients, this and that. When m- moving the studio up north and changing the name, you know, we're very much like we need to, we need to do some new branding, get the name out there for our old clients to let them know, hey, this is a new name, same team. So we went pretty hard on that, you know, and like you said, it, it caught, it caught on where it kept getting those briefs back that had our, our poster in it specifically and a bunch of our patches and this and that. So we we're like, okay, people are kind of digging, you know, this new look and and everything. So it, it worked out well and, and we keep doing it. You know, I, I do think like, if you can't design your own brand, you shouldn't be doing it for other people, you know? And not everybody, not every studio needs their own brand or needs to have a bunch of different logos like we do, you know, like the, the, the path of like one icon and one word mark for 99% of, you know, the ad agencies and studios is cool. And that works. I think to me, like to your point, Mike, like I want to have fun with it, you know, if we have downtime or can fit it in, oh, let's do some, some cool shit for ourselves. And if clients like it, cool. If they don't, you know, we're still doing the client work as well. But but yeah, it's it's been something that's worked out well for us and, and we're gonna continue to do it.
0: So my listeners aren't familiar, but y'all make a lot of logos just for Lincoln itself, right? It's all <laughs> yeah. over the place, right? Yeah. But it's badass because what I know about a lot of designers, like they struggle with their own brands because they think it has to be perfect. Yeah. You know, like the website's got to be perfect or the copy or this got to look perfect. And y'all are like, yo, we're going to throw a bunch of shit out there, you know, see what resonates. And that's a completely different strategy. Like, I, I really honestly haven't seen any other brand, business, whatever, do it to the scale that you guys do. And I think it's cool because, one, it lets you continue to hone your craft. It lets you have fun. And one of the things that I'm working on, and I'm putting you in my book, by the way. I'm writing a book, nice. Dog Whistle Brandon. <laughs> And you're going to be the chapter on internal branding because Dog Whistle branding is a two-sided market, right? What comes up over and over again? Not only do we need to attract clients, but a team like yours, you got to attract A players, Mm -hmm. right? So how do you recruit the type of people that want to come and work with you all? You know, how can you train your future employees? And I think when I see all that you're doing, the branding, all the different icons, right? People are looking at that. You make time to do the Chop It Up show. You know, you film your retreats, right? Honestly, like that's helping you attract world-class designers that are going to want to join what you guys got going on. So you're really kind of sharing the cookbook. And I think that's a great brand strategy in general, because a lot of agencies, a lot of entrepreneurs in general, we're always like, we need to do marketing. We need to do marketing. We need better leads. But it's like, what can you do that's like true to you? That's super differentiated. And like, I, yeah, I can. me and Drew can get together. We can film ourselves in a cabin, you know, but we're in Newark. You know what I mean? It's a brick city. We need to be out smoking cigars or something with a trash can light on fire. Like, it doesn't make sense for us to try to do it just like you. But I, I see the vision around that. But I also realize, too, like, you're also playing a long game because if you're taking time to film retreats, film podcasts, do your own logos, like, that's not... I mean, that's that's taking time away from you from shaking the tree, you know, doing the lead gen. So where did that come? You know, how did you sell it? Basically, not just to you, but to your whole team about like, hey, this is this is a priority. Even though you got all this other stuff over here and we still need to make time to do the internal brand stuff.
2: Yeah. And it's one of those things where like you can't. You can—it's hard to put a return on that investment, right? In that time, you know, even with the chop up in our podcast you know, it's—it's it's very hard to. You can say, oh, you know, you got so many followers on YouTube or whatever, but as much time that goes into those podcasts, like to actually say, hey, these, you know, these are worth doing because it, it brings in this much money. Like that's so hard to do, right? And it's very hard to do for everything we do here for Lincoln, whether it's branding, the retreats, things like that. To me. I don't care about that, right? To me it's it's almost giving the team a break and and creating like you said some fun where there there are no restrictions around the project. It's like, "Hey, let's create some new cool shit for Lincoln. Let's get out of the office. Let's go do a retreat." It's keeping things fresh, you know? I like to work at say a company or a studio, and this is where I think like things can get kind of Kind of weird, like if, say you're an in-house designer at, say, a brand, say Nike, right? As a creative to work on like one, like this is what I did for when I first started design, like I worked for DC Shoes for five years, right? And so you're like one brand all day, every day, you know, working on that brand. It can be cool. I mean, I definitely got to touch every part of DC from, from advertising to web design to, to everything, right? I got to work on a ton of shit, like ton of super cool shit. But we didn't really get out and do much to like break away from the brand, say to get inspiration and things where I, um, I feel like my job here is to keep these guys inspired, you know, create, provide a place where there is inspiration, you know, to do their job when it is the day to day. And we do have the projects and the clients as well as have some fun. So like doing those internal projects, And doing like our, our logos and brand sheets. I mean, you look at those, those logos and things, everybody here has a couple logos on those sheets like that, you know, not one person did all those logos. Like everybody's pitched in all different styles. Right. So to me, it's like, that's worth its weight in gold. You know, if they can step away, still continue to design, they're doing some stuff for Lincoln. Like we're kind of, we're working on our new capabilities reel for 2024. So we got, the animation, Frankie and Jake and David kind of kicking around ideas on a bigger scale as far as like, what does that look like with videography and motion graphics? Like, what do we do to make something super rad that is just promoting, you know, Lincoln on video and animation side. So I think you have to break away and step away and just let, you know, the creatives have fun with it. And it's easy to do that with your own brand and internally, you know, more so than with a client project where there's always going to be some kind of guardrails you got to work within here, we can, you know, step away, spend some time on that stuff and, and have fun with it.
0: So when entrepreneurs come to you and they say, man, I need to build brand awareness and like, they can't afford to hire you yet.
2: And you're just talking shop to other entrepreneurs. What do you tell them to build brand awareness? Um, I mean, I think it depends on the industry that that they're in. To me, it's getting out there. Like, I think, you know, some of the best things that we've done is like the chop up and going to creative conferences. Um, if you want to build brand awareness, go participate in that industry that you're selling your product in or or doing your service in. Us as designers, right? I mean, well, we probably have a, a different kind of industry where we do have these design conferences where you could say that almost everybody there is competition to each other, right? There's a lot of freelancers, there's studio owners, we're all together in, in one area, but you walk away from that with inspiration. So, I mean, to me, what I've seen as such a big benefit to us is getting out there on social media with like the chop up and, and showing our faces and, and stuff like this, like this podcast, talking about the stuff behind closed doors, you know, kind of that we're doing. More so than just waving the flag and be like, look at what we produced, you know. Uh, I think it's just getting out there, participating in that industry, getting to know the other people in in, in that those different industries. And then from that, you're going to create almost a vibe in the industry, you know, with the other owners, with the other products and things like that. You'll get to be known and then those customers will, will start to see you. So, yeah, uh, I don't know if that answered your question, but
0: (laughs) it does. Great answer. Now, when you think about the future, right, so we got a lot of opportunity now with like what is a branding studio? Right. So you got design. Right. I heard you on another podcast. You just you're going your motion graphics team because clearly there's a demand for that. You know, I do podcasting. Right. There's all kind of opportunities in the space. Where are you seeing the biggest demand, you know, for entrepreneurs to take advantage of? Right, so, like, do people need to be spinning up and learning motion graphics, right? Are you seeing demand for audio content from some of your your clients? I'm just curious,
2: yeah, for sure i mean we we are seeing in a demand, and it's not enough nowadays to just provide say, a logo or brand book like you need to to be able to service the rest of the three sixty marketing right you want to be you want to be able to keep that client, you don't want that client to come to you for the logo and then bounce out to, to go to somebody else to do the advertising, to do the motion, whatever it is. Um, and that doesn't mean that you need to hire a bunch of people to do that. I would say just partner with like-minded creatives, you know, get to know somebody that does motion graphics so that when you're working on that brand project and then just hire them as a contractor for that project. Um, but offer that service, you know, to those clients. I think for us, it's, it's more of, just building and, and servicing the other parts of a marketing campaign outside of like just the brand and logo.
1: Yeah, even wow. as far back as a year ago, I didn't have a logo animation or motion graphics when building the brand in our in one of our base packages. Now, if you're signing up with us, you get a logo animation and that's part of what they're for. In the past, that would be you know, have to dance point, it would be a crazy custom thing on the side that you'd have to hire somebody. But with the rise of social media and the rise of, you know, new media, all this, all this pun intended motion, you know, it can't just live static anymore, right? It needs to kind of take on a mind of its
2: own. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even the projects that we do do that don't have, you know, motion or whatever in it, in it, I'm always looking at it like in the end, like what would that look like if we made it move like i want to see it move everybody's just expecting now you know like that thing needs to move i mean that's where like we're doing a lot with videography and going out and, and doing different video shoots and things like that bringing it back doing the animation and the intro outros and stuff Um, it's just more and more of that you know like drew said with new media and you know the phone and everything like People want to see it. They want to see either a a damn fucking movie or or something, you know, that logo to start moving at some point. So, yeah.
0: So I want to go back to where we started, right, about making entrepreneurship fun again. Because you're in a phase now you got to manage this team, you know, got to shake the tree. (laughs) I call it kicking up dirt, (laughs) day-to-day blocking and tackling. You and Drew, by the way, are like kindred. We're all kindred spirits. But you get up early. You're at the office early. Yeah. you know, you're at the office late, just grinding, getting it in. How do you spend your time these days? And what does your, you know, what does it take for you to get clients? So I know you're doing all this branding yeah. stuff, but I have to assume like you're still doing your own kind of outbound,
2: right. To keep yeah. that pipeline full. Yep. Yeah. I love the blocking and tackling. Sometimes that's feel, that feels like what I'm doing all day. <laughs> yeah. Walking and tackling like emails and and different projects and things. Uh, yeah, I mean my my role here now is is pretty heavily on basically new client acquisitions and then managing and keeping our current clients happy, right? I mean, my my time is better spent on making sure our clients we do have are happy and the and the product going out the door is is you know a plus product. And then what do what does it look like to acquire a new client and you know how do we go about doing that? that's kind of my focus when it comes to like Lincoln and internal design and things like that. I'm still the one who I decide on as far as like, Hey, w- let's make time for this. Let's make time for that. Or actually work on those things. Like we have a new c- kind of portfolio book that we're putting together like that all relies on me. You know, I-, I'll, I will put in the extra hours to make sure a lot of the internal stuff gets done, whether it's like a new portfolio book or, or newsletter or whatever that is. But yeah, as far as like new clients and things like that, like we've been lucky over the years where a lot of it is word of mouth, right? We don't have, you know, somebody running around salesperson. You know, I've I've been asked in the past like, you know, why don't you hire a salesperson? And, and I feel like we're in such a weird industry like that's not even a thing, you know? It's like to do sales, it's such a it'd be such a hard thing to do because you need to land and and talk to and pick a client that is a, that is at a specific like point with a product or, or their company that they need our services. Right. So to like have somebody doing sales and going to like knocking on doors or cold calls or emails or things like that to different companies to get design work, like that just really, to me, isn't a thing. Right. So it's so much about keeping the clients you have happy and getting referrals them to refer you to other people, um, so it's like crush it on every project that comes through the door. You will get referrals to other companies and people that will bring in more work. It's more of a word of mouth thing um, for us than it is like hitting the streets. We do have some clients that we want to work with that you know we've talked to or have a friend of a friend that we're trying to get in the door and things like that, but yeah, as far as like cold calling and things like that, like that's a that's a tough deal. Yeah, it's just providing value. Yeah,
0: this yeah. is important though. This is important for our listeners, right? Because everybody thinks there's this magic function to just make sales happen. You yeah. know, I just go on vacation in Tahiti. I come back. Oh, look at all these new leads! No, yeah. it's like it's like a video game, man. You're there hunting. You know, you're yeah. online. You're sending emails. You're putting stuff together. You gotta work it. And I appreciate you being kind
2: of honest about that. Even to the fact of like marketing an agency or a studio, right? I mean, I, sometimes I always think about like, what if we created one product, like say, say we made an amazing backpack, right? It's to me, it's so easy to wrap your head around like how to design, to design the backpack, to design the branding, to design the advertising and then to market that product, right? Like you can pay for that paid, that, that media to, to push that product to then get sales and then track whether those avenues are working to then spend more, to sell more product, right? Like for us to market a studio, like to your point in the beginning, it's like, we, we make all this stuff for Lincoln almost, you know, to have fun and, and internally, and then people notice it. Right. But there isn't a place that we can make it and then send it out like to the masses to see. Because the masses is, is just, it, it's not a narrow funnel, right? I mean, we're, we're trying to do, we're open to doing work for a lot of different industries, right? We've kind of narrowed it down to where we do have like eight, eight to 10 industries that we kind of want to stay in and working in, right? And I would suggest that for you know, a lot of small agencies or freelancers, like pick a couple industries and dive into those, do good work in those industries, and you'll continue to get more you know, there's some great designers out there like working in the spirit space and beer and stuff like that, like that are crushing it. Right. And, and they do 90% of their work is in those industries for, for beer brands or, or whiskey brands or whatever it is. And we're, I'm kind of like, Hey, those guys are crushing it. We don't even need to get involved in that. Like they have that handled. Right. So that's where I think like, just even with our industry, like just trying to wrap your head around, like if you were to start a studio, like where do you go to market that studio? It's tough. It's so broad, you know?
0: Yeah, no, 100%. But finding clients and industries that share the same values as you are. Like to me, like I said, like it was so dope to go to this event and like we're drinking coffee, we're having beers. Like I didn't feel like anybody took themselves too seriously. And like, I'm always, I think you're funny on content because I'm looking at this conference I'm like, this would give me a heart attack. You know, just managing, getting people. But you always seem calm, cool, and collected. You're the same way in the content. I probably come across the same way, even though the dumpsters on fire out back and stuff. (laughs) But like, you know, you just get, you just develop kind of thick skin around
2: it. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, something's gonna always be going around, going on in the background and things. But you gotta, you gotta stay focused.
0: Now I know you, you you made a comment about like it's probably hard being a writer, but I also know you like books. You're big on like, you know, stuff yep. you can hold and touch. Yep. And I even do it with my notes. Yep. But I'm writing another book, like I mentioned, it's called Dog Whistle Brandon. I wrote my first yeah. book, Black Fred and Entrepreneur. Why do you like the the physical stuff? Why do you think that's
2: important, even still in this digital age? yeah i mean i almost think it's more important now even though you know i'm sure less and less people are buying you know physical books but i started in design in print right you know doing catalogs for dc 200 250 page catalogs big ass books with hundreds of shoes and apparel in it doing ads that were running in like rolling stone magazine and maxima and, and all these different magazines and As a designer, to me, it's super rewarding to, like, do something on the computer and then see it made physically and see it go from, like, the screen to either a product or, like, even if you're, say, doing a design for a wrap on a car, to see that car finally drive down the street with that wrap on it, right? That's where, like, web design never, like, interests me. Like, the, the fact that it's, like, designed lives on the web. And then after a couple of years, someone's like, yeah, hey, let's redesign the website. Boom. Things gone. I've just always been into like that physical, tangible product and, and you get it and you go, Hey, did it turn out? Like I thought it was going to on the screen. Is it better? Is it worse? That's always been a big thing for me. So, so with studio, I'm always like, we need to make physical books. Like if we're going to make a portfolio, we're going to have our website, we're going to have our Instagram, but at some point, some of that needs to end up in a, physical book that somebody can hold, somebody could have on their desk. I've had multiple times where like I get a call from somebody at like pretty big company that's like, hey, da-da-da, we have this project. And I'm like, how did you hear about us? And they're like, oh, I got my hands on your book and it's actually sitting in my bookcase on my desk. And this project popped up and I was like, oh shoot, are they still in business? And like pulled out the book and and you know, called you guys. So if it's, and then to me, if you're going to do that, like do it nice and do it to the point of like, they're not going to throw it away. You know, like if it's just a cheap fold and a half flyer, like it's going to get chucked. So I've just always been big on like, if you can give some somebody a physical portfolio or product and it's done nice, then hopefully they keep it. And hopefully they see it in a year, two years, four years, even if it's a, even if it's a hat, you know, and they wear it. And then they see it a couple of years from now and go, shit. Or somebody sees them wearing it and goes, what is that? They tell them, they go, oh, I'm starting a company. Do they, you know, do startup logos for startups? Oh, call them up, you know? So we've just had a lot of that happen and just seen the value in, in printed and physical products and things. And then as far as like reading, reading books and things like that, like, and even design book. I'm getting back into like adding to our book collection here at Lincoln. When I had a studio in San Diego, I had a business partner. We were 50-50. When we shut that studio down, we were literally like, we had a huge library of books. We literally stood there and we we went back and forth on picking books, right? So, so I feel like I lost half of my collection because half of those books I loved and he ended up with and I got the other half. But now I'm kind of back into like, I need to start building up the the actual reference library here. It's better, I feel like, to go grab a book off the shelf here than it is to go on Instagram and look and look at the same thing that everybody else is fucking seeing or go on Pinterest and, like, everybody has access to that, right? Not everybody bought this book. Not everybody is going to flip or stop on the same page to get that reference. So I think it's super valuable to have a book collection, you know, of design books just as reference material and things like that. And then all the good books that are out there on business and things like that. But, but yeah, I think it's very important. It's worth yeah, it. I don't have a,
0: I don't have a design book yet. Cause I'm still learning. Drew's keeping me up to speed, but i like, I like having my book, man. I yeah. like being there. Got my book behind me. I like Indeed. being able to hand it. So I appreciate that. I got a couple more questions. We're going to get you out of here. Cause I know your time's worth $10,000 a minute. Uh, are you proud of what you've built? Because I know a lot of times entrepreneurs, it's very hard for us to appreciate. I'm being honest. Like I've, Drew and I have done some amazing things with Ironbound Boxing, Everlast, Dick Sport, Dick Sporting Goods. I mean, big brands. When him and I were just sitting at a coffee shop, just kind of scribbling some notes, and then to see these campaigns we've been able to do. But when you've got the gear, the video, you know, the team you have, do you feel like proud of what you've you've built?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. Like I'm, I'm super proud of the team and and the studio and everything we have here. I I do think they're, we're growing and like, I, I was on a podcast recently and angry designers and, you know, I told them, like, I feel like if I, if I, if I was to say like where I'm at as far as like, say proud or, or feel like I've reached the top, like, I feel like I'm more 60% there. Like we've got past the halfway point, uh, but we still got a lot to go. There's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of growing the studio can do. There's a lot of growing everybody here can do. And I'm excited for the future and all that. But, but I am. You know, I mean, I'm totally happy, totally stoked. Am I content? I guess that my, so my answer is, am I content? No, no. Like I, I want more, you know, I, I want more and not in the fact of more money. I want more as far as like quality of, I would say clients and time and studio for everybody here, you know, so I'm not content. We are in a good spot and we've built, you know, an amazing, you know, studio and brand here, but we can build even more, you know, in the future. So,
0: Yeah, that's great. The reason I asked that, because again, you got a lot of entrepreneurs that like mentally it looks good on the outside. But they're right. destroyed on the inside. You know, they're like you know, yeah. we had some businesses didn't even make it out of 2023.
2: Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I and I've I've been asked that question uh, as well. Like, and I I've often said like, if somebody if somebody was to say, you know, go back 19 years, would would you have started your own studio if you look back, knowing what you know now? I don't, I don't know. I I would say it wasn't easy. You know, like I said, it's a long road, you know, and it's taken, it's taken me 19 years of owning my own business to get to this point. So like you said, it's a long haul, you know, and I'm in it for the long haul. I think that's the problem with a lot of say entrepreneurs or, or people jumping off to do their own business just ready for it to, you know, you, you got to be committed to the long haul. It's probably not going to happen overnight. You know, hopefully it does. Fuck. I hope so. You know, that's great. And when it does, that's amazing. You know, for, okay. for us and for me, it did not happen overnight. You know, like I said, I had, you know, I did 11 years, you know, in San Diego with the studio under one name with a business partner, you know, that that that's all gone, started over in a way, you know, kept, kept a lot of my team and stuff, but so there's gonna be bumps, you know, along the way, and and some of them are gonna be big ass bumps. But you just gotta keep keep pushing, you know. It's it's super easy just to be like, ah, forget it. I'll just go get a job. You know, I could have got a lot of jobs along the way, and went in the house somewhere or whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's for everybody. That's what I've said in the past. Like I do not think starting owning and running a studio, especially if you have ten. 20, 40, 50 people is for everybody. I think there's a certain kind of person that, that either enjoys that or can make it work. So yeah, I would just, you know, look at yourself and figure that out first before you decide to, I want to, you know, cause we get a lot of people that are like, I want to build like a studio like yours, you know, and I'm like, cool. Like everybody has to, you know, you should have, you know, a studio or, or a mentor or, or thing, people in the direction you're looking up to but just know, you know, it's a, it's a long road.
0: Well, Dan, I appreciate having you on, you know, for Drew and I making time. You no, know, I'm not I try not to do like scripted podcasts to be honest, you know. Yeah. I love learning. For me, this yeah. is like I mean, this is like gold you making time for us, you know, as agency owners, you know, that are out here hustling. You know, we we you know, we 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 we, we know what we're doing to an extent, but we're still yeah. figuring it out. You know, we know how to get clients. We know how to deliver value, but we're yeah. still on our journey. And so for you to make time for us and our audience, we really appreciate it. You know, we've got veteran entrepreneurs, military spouses, people in my network tuning in from all over the country, all over the world. How can we support you and what you're doing with
2: Lincoln Design Co. Just follow along, I guess. Yeah. Especially on YouTube, like we're trying to to release more chop ups and and as far as like video content and things like that, like I think, you know, supporting us there, you, you really get a, get a better look into like us and who we are and then what the inside of a studio looks like, right? Um, we're going to try and do more of that in 2024 as far as, you know, doing stuff here in and around the studio we have somebody on staff now that's helping out with social media to make some of that a little bit easier of a lift so we can do more of it in 2024 so support you know on the YouTube channel would be great
0: so i'll be sure to include a link to your um website and youtube in the show notes once we jump off i'm going to go ahead and hit that subscribe button because i got to go back and start looking at some of those old chop ups cuz i feel like i'm kind of rejuvenated you know it's into the new yeah. year Got out the grind of 2023. Some of us made it out with our tail between our legs, but we're still here. We're still building. And man, we're so honored to have you join us. And I am looking forward to being a client of Lincoln Design Co. at some point in the future. Let me get some more margin, you know, but that's on the horizon and uh, featuring you in my book. So looking forward to that. And to all our subscribers, just make sure you follow along. I'll include those links in the show notes. Until next time, peace, love. Have a great rest of your week. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we blend strategy, storytelling, and podcasting to transform your brand into a dog whistle for your perfect customer. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is powered by Mission Plus, a tech platform that helps nonprofit organizations upgrade their websites and leverage technology to deliver their services online. If your organization cares about its mission, then it needs to be built on Mission Plus. You can learn more by visiting missionplus.com.